Hello, Ducks fans. Welcome to another episode of the Quack Report. My name's Carter, and I am joined today by Nate, and we are going to talk some Ducks hockey. A little bit. Anyways, got one game to talk about as opposed to our regular two uh, on this episode. And yeah, that's really about it because the Ducks also don't have any news. So, yeah, yeah. Not, uh, not, not a whole heck of a lot uh, going on in Ducks land, which I guess isn't a horrible thing sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes it yeah. is, but we also are nearing trade deadline. We are under the two month mark. At this point, from the official day, so yeah. and we got a little bit of news related to that to as well. Up. Up, so. Yeah, exactly. Things will start to ramp up, yeah. uh, a little bit, but um, yeah, in about a month or so, yeah. probably just because teams are so cap strapped this year that they're going to wait to make trades until kind of the last possible minute. And we kind of saw that yeah. last year too. Like that was probably the busiest trade deadline day we actually saw in two years, about ten years. Five yeah. ten years maybe. Yeah, it was it was, Recent it was memory, worth it to sit down and <clears throat> oh, excuse me, uh, watch yeah like the trade deadline shows on TSN and Sportsnet and yeah uh, at least in Canada uh, for a few hours it was it was worth it. So and guys weren't having to like the broadcast wasn't having to like fill it up with just other stuff, which was kind of nice. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was but, good. And then like yeah. the actual like big names were still on the board, and then they actually got traded for the most part as well. Whereas like yeah. the few years. Before, well, not the few years before, because it's been a while since the Duchesne trade. But for like three years, it was oh, Matt Duchesne, top free agent, yeah, exactly. like, top, oh, oh, top guy just, on the oh. trade board, and nope, nothing happens. Yeah, and then like all the other guys were traded like earlier in the week, and yeah, it was just lame. But this year, yeah, I think exactly. it will will be another good year. So yeah, um, so uh, I don't know how was, how was your week. I'm gonna, I'm gonna avoid the show just a little bit longer yeah, yeah. intentionally. Not to not talk about it, but because I'm just trying to I'm, I'm trying to get a, a a build up to it here. I'm just trying to figure out one last thing. Okay. So how was Sounds your week? <laughs> yeah, it was uh pretty good. Just pretty chill. Just yeah. Working. Nice weather. So got to. Yeah, it's warmed up. My uh my my alleyway is still a ice rink. Oh yeah. But like not the kind that you want to take your skates on. The kind that you're like wishing you had spikes in because it is so bumpy. And everything like that, mm-hmm. like, um, so yeah, the way it's that, like, a fucking disaster. Yeah, the way that like cars like melted, uh, like tracks into it, kind of thing, mm-hmm. and it will grab your car, and like you can't get out of it or that kind of thing. Yeah, like it's, you try and like yeah. just turn into your driveway, and your car's just like, no, th- this is where the tracks are. We're going straight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think it was uh, it was it was last week. Um, it got so slick that. I was turning into my alley at about five, maybe pushing 10 kilometers an hour, which mm-hmm. is not very, very fast. It's um, like walking speed. Like, yeah. Or like 10 kilometers, five kilometers an hour would be like walking speed. Yeah. And I didn't like hammer on the wheel to turn or anything like that. And my car started sliding and <laughs> sliding and sliding. And I nearly hit my neighbor's fence. Shit. <laughs> And I'm just like, I, I'm just like watching this and I'm like, there's like nothing you can do at that point. No. And I'm like, I'm just yeah. sitting there. I'm just like, like it was enough time for me to process. I'm sliding. I'm not able to stop. I'm seeing the fence here. I might be paying for some damages here in a moment. Yeah. Like You're in like, that amount impact. of time, yeah. in that amount of time that it took me to say that was about like, I just, I, I, I couldn't stop no, no matter what kind of yeah. thing. <laughs> 
And I think I probably stopped within like half a foot of the fence. Damn. <laughs> so I got lucky there. But, I'd say so. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the the weather warming up has been nice, but like with the weather that we had before has made it just chaos on yeah. roads basically still. My my street has finally melted of ice. And before that, like it wasn't just like a sheet of ice. It was like if you took a gravel road and just like started digging for treasure and then tried to drive on it. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's what my road was like. It was pot like potholes, not like not really potholes, but like ice potholes, I guess. And then it was like the same sort of thing where there was really only one place to drive and it was yeah. where the tracks were made. And um <laughs> The, so it's mostly clear now, but still turning onto the road, there's like a big pile of just like melted ice, like half melted ice snow crap that if I take the corner too sharp, it like scrapes the bottom, like undercarriage of my car. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I, I only did it one time. <laughs> yeah. So, and it was, and it was early in the morning, but yeah, yeah our, so our, it's, it's a disaster. Yeah. Where we live just actually did a, like, I, I can't even say a horrible job. They just didn't do anything. They didn't do a job. roads at all. Um, I and I know this is not to, uh, relatable at all for anybody no. <laughs> in Anaheim, but <laughs> hopefully somebody gets it. <laughs> but uh, like I was even, um, well, last night, uh, you, you remember, obviously, uh, Shane Stevenson has yeah. been on the show before. Yeah. Um, Flash over for at, those that yeah. know him by his Twitter handle. Yeah, yeah uh, Flash underscore 33 on Twitter if you want to follow him there. Um, but uh, so I was leaving his place last night because I went over there. We had a bit of a poker night, mm-hmm. um, which also I was like, I was this close to winning this close and it was at the last second we went oh wait a second i don't have the winning hand he has the winning hand and it dropped me down from i think a pot of like maybe eight thousand dollars like worth of chips worth of chips we only like twenty dollar buy i'm not throwing around eight grand trust me okay i was Um, like how did i was like i thought it was like a (laughs) ten twenty dollar buy and how the hell did you get eight thousand like how many people were here (laughs) but it dropped me from because that hand took out Shane and another guy, and there was only mm-hmm. four of us playing, so it took out half of everybody, like half of everybody. Oh damn! And um, yeah, it went from that to I had about a hundred and eighty dollars because we realized that um, the other guy, like just last second, we were like, "Wait a second, hold on." Took a look. Oh yeah, he's got this actually, which is just the one higher uh, oh, in ranking no. <laughs> than what I have. I was like, oh, man. And I somehow managed to go through um, four straight hands of just cards are up kind of thing because like yeah. I because like small, big, blind, didn't matter. I didn't have enough for it. Mm-hmm. And so we're just like throwing it out there and managed to like get money back to the point that I could actually like make a bet. And it didn't work out in my favor. Did one more of like the cards up and lost it. I was this close though. I was like, damn it. <laughs> so, but uh no, that was a good time. So um yeah. yeah. Uh okay. I guess we can get into the uh the, the ducks talk now. Okay. So the thing I was trying to set up here, um, so I, I was kind of thinking back, I'm like, okay, what are some reboots? That happened. Not even sequels. What are what are reboots that happened mm-hmm. that just were too like it, it? There wasn't enough time between the two. Yeah, and especially you knowing me, 
my thought went right away went to the Spider-Man movies. Oh yeah, for sure. Right? Yeah. You had five years between Tobey Maguire uh, and his Spider-Man three to uh, Andrew Garfield's The Amazing Spider-Man. Was it only that long? Really? Yeah, 2007 and 2000. I'm not questioning you. I'm just surprised. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, but then you had an even shorter one, and I'm going with the first appearance here between Andrew Garfield's Amazing Spider-Man 2 in 2014 mm -hmm. and Tom Holland's first appearance as Spider-Man in Captain America Civil War in 2016. Um, yeah. and, and then you, Homecoming you, was what, 2017? Yeah, I believe so. Um, so if, I mean, if you want to use that movie really. in particular, um, no, it's only three years then. If you're, oh, yeah, no. 20. No. Yeah, 2014. 2014. 2014, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's that's where it's like, okay, it was maybe a little too quick in terms of the like, reboots or yeah. whatnot, right? Compared to something like uh, you know, going from like Batman and Robin to the Dark or to the like to the Dark Knight trilogy, right? With Batman begins yeah. or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering, is it too soon for a reboot of the embarrassing trilogy on this show. So I had to take a look and it's been three weeks since we ended that trilogy with uh, the not so embarrassing episode. So, so six uh, episodes. Yeah. Episode 25. Oh, <laughs> and we're at that was not that long ago. Oh my God. Season. Yeah. So is it, it, it feels too soon to reboot it. So call it a soft reboot. I guess so, you can choose if we if we want to use the embarrassing tagline in the title or if we want to come up with something new, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, the first ones were kind of... We, we could take a page out of the Star Wars books and that's the original trilogy. Yeah. And now we're doing the, like, sequel, the trilogy. sequel trilogy. Okay. Or, or at least a sequel to the trilogy. Okay. You know? I, yeah, it's it's like Trek 4. Or forever after, or whatever it was called. So there was like the trilogy, and then they were like, "Oh, okay, yeah. let's okay, fine, well, let's do one more," you know. And that was a horrible movie, I gotta say. Yeah, it was not good. Um, okay, so yeah, we could either, yeah, have like the the quadology, I guess, if you really want to. And it's just, like, I don't know just, if we're done. I don't know if we're gonna stop at four, but <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know either, but. Uh, or you can just call this like a director's cut because we just went for three straight games of embarrassing levels. How about that? Yeah. So, uh, and I even tried to be nice to the Ducks when I pulled this up and I went with the last five games instead. Yeah, throw a couple wins in there. Yeah, which includes a 2 nothing win over the Dallas Stars. Which a shutout great. of all things as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. And a 5-4 win over the San Jose Sharks. So I included those in, you know, just to, to make it five games instead of just three. Yeah. It still doesn't look great, though. Over the last five games, the Ducks have been outscored 12-23. to 23. So essentially, the goals have been doubled. One more goal against, and it would be yeah. double. Yeah. The average score of those five games has been... 4.6 for the other team, so 5 to 2.4, so 3. So 5. If you, if five, you want to be nice games. and round up. If yeah. you want to be nice about it. Yeah, exactly. And, and um, even when you put it as like 5 3, like if you lost five games in a row, 5 3, like it doesn't sound too bad. Yeah, but the outlier there is that 5 4 San Jose win. Otherwise, four oh, sure. of those yeah. games are 1 and 
two goal games. Like two goals, four. Oh, yeah. It has been a rough time again. Well, I guess not again. We had a, we had a two-game break. Let's call it that. <laughs> yeah. Of uh, not looking like complete and utter garbage. But here we are again. And the, and the um, one really was Gibson just being outstanding. Like, yeah, the team overall yeah. played better than we've seen. But like... It was Gibson playing out of his mind and probably a little bit of Dallas underestimating the Ducks, thinking, oh, this is going to be a win. Like, we're going to have no problem with this one. Let's just take her easy. And then San Jose is San Jose. They suck. Almost as bad as us. Not quite yeah. as bad standings-wise, but um, they also suck. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I want to, yeah, just, it, it's been it's been rough kind of thing. So, yeah, um, which we, we all know. We all expect, but... Just again, I've said it how many times this season? I don't care if we lose, which is bad to say in its own right, but I don't care if we lose. I just don't want to lose embarrassingly. Which look Seven at the last three one, losses six two and six two. And the the last actually all of them were over by the end of the first period. Exactly. Was it not four nothing, three nothing, and then three nothing again? Yep. Yeah, in the first period. That's yep. Like, you, you have another point um, here as well that I think just kind of shows you that even the Ducks know that these games are over. Like, they're just not in it by, real, realistically, 10 minutes into the first period. What If we want to be nice to them by the end of the first period. Because when they do eventually score a goal or two, they're already so far out of it and know they're so far out of their element that they're not even really celebrating. Like, yeah, they kind of no. get together for a little bit of a huddle and fist bump and, you know, give each other a pat. Like, yeah, that was a nice pass. But, like, there's there's no emotion there. And then they no. they just go through the motion of skating past the bench and, you know, fist bump. Yeah, give, give the couple of fist bumps. Yeah, if you want to talk about specifically for this game against New Jersey, uh, Adam Henrique's goal. Um, wait, actually, sorry, I'm making sure I don't have games mixed up here in my head. Um, yep, yep, it was this one. Yeah, was this one? Oh, yeah, yeah, Henry from, from Terry there, which Henrik almost didn't even score on. Yeah. Like, fumbled the puck, and I was like, oh, my God. Um, uh, McTavish straight up just gives, like a, like, a fatherly shoulder pat. I don't know how else to describe it. Yeah. To Henrik. Yeah. While, like, looking the other way, just straight-faced. Yeah, it's there is like what nothing left in these guys. Yeah, it's and, like what a dad would do if his kid was a defenseman and didn't really get a, a ton of points, but like had a goal and an assist yeah. one game against not a great team in minor hockey. It just like you know give him a little pat on the back, be like, ah, good game, kid. Yeah, and, then, and, and like it was like that. Yeah, <laughs> um, and then except it was the kid doing it to the dad in this case. Yeah, exactly. And then we had Zegris, who we know loves to score, right, and gets super mm-hmm. excited about it. Just nothing. Yeah. Dead and inside. It's because it was the second uh, goal in a 5-2 game at that point with five minutes left to go. Yeah, and exactly. He was like, and, 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 then his, and then his buddy Jack Hughes just said, here, I'm going to twist the knife a little bit more and scored less than a, like, Scored like just over thirty seconds later again. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to allow Zegers to have the same amount of goals in this game as me. I need to do yeah, exactly. That <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, one thing I will say yeah. though is credit to the fans at Honda Center for um, like 
the emotion that they at least showed on that 5-2 goal. Like, they also knew the game was over at that point. Like, fuck, mm-hmm. you're not going to convince me that this team's going to come back and score uh, three straight in the last five minutes of a game to tie it and make it interesting. Like, there's no way that happens. Um, but they still, like, celebrated, like, this was, say, the tying goal um, with, like, a minute to yeah. go in the game. So, like, credit to the fans there of, like, acknowledging, oh, hey, we scored a goal. This is nice. And yeah. it was on the power oh. play, too. And, like, there was still... They still stuck around for the game, so that was good. Yeah, I'm okay, and, and it's it's probably because I'm watching the TV broadcasts as well, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, but and this isn't supposed to be a slight to any Ducks fans. Please don't take this as a slight. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's actually as loud in that building as it seems to be. I could be totally wrong on this, and and people who go to the games feel free to to tell me I'm wrong. That's totally fine. Like I said, I'm only seeing this on TV, but I don't think it's a, it's as loud as it is, and I think there might be some crowd noise pumped in through the PA system. Potentially, yeah, I, I, I mean, wouldn't be surprised. Like like they did for uh, like the uh, bubble for the bubbles, right? Yeah, just adding a little bit more. Uh, to that there um i have the wrong number on this note here but uh sorry i'm just seeing your your added note there yeah. uh yeah two goals against out of the six were on breakaways and there was at least four or five breakaway chances yeah for new jersey alone um yeah you got here like giveaways for everybody the bakery's open uh, Twelve mm-hmm. giveaways yeah. in this game for the Anaheim I, Ducks. I tried to find some more like season stats on it, and there there isn't really anything out there. Like there is, there kind of is, but you really have to look for it. There's not like just a good summary of it that I could find. But um, but yeah, in this game it was especially noticeable. And you know, if the Ducks are giving the puck away twelve times, generally it's not like the most egregious turnovers ever. Unless like, your name is Kevin Shattenkirk, who gave up it, it, it says only one, but oh, like there was no, two no, or no. three there. There was at there was at least two that directly led to goals. So that's yeah. that's a damn lie. Um, and the the shitty thing about these stats is that the home team is the one that counts them. So they're always inflated or deflated. They, they're always skewed to kind of favor the home team in a way. So. If yeah. this exact same game was played in New Jersey, the giveaways would probably be a lot higher for Anaheim and lower for New Jersey. So it's not super reliable anyways, and that's probably why there's not a lot out there. But um, yeah, the one for Shattenkirk's a damn lie. But like in previous games th- this season, they they might give the puck away 12 times, but it's like the result of just a good forecheck by the opposition and they just go to kind of rim the puck around the boards because they don't really have a good passing option and then the other team ends up picking up. Like it's those kind of giveaways that like it's not super egregious. But in this game, I think probably 80-85% of the giveaways were like direct tape to tape passes to the other team. Yeah, exactly. Or like and, directly yeah. off of somebody and like and then the other team picks it up and gets a breakaway so like um uh, the one that comes to mind was Bratz Fowler tries to knock the 
pass out of the air. I mean, that one's not really a giveaway, but it was a bad choice by him to just try and mm-hmm. knock the puck out of the air and then it goes directly to Brat. Um, Shattenkirk's, like you said, the one giveaway that I think whoever does the stats in Anaheim at Honda Center had to give to him because it was so obvious. Yeah. Was, um, actually, it was another um, stretch pass to... I thought it was Brat. Was it? Am I mixing up? Um, not sure because the Brat was in the first period. The Bocos was in the third. Yeah, there might have been a maybe breakaway it, chance that got stopped. That might have been it. Maybe, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. So, I, but I think the other one was Brat. But I thought it was his second goal. So maybe there was a, maybe there was actually three goals against on breakaways. Yeah, I'm but looking at I, the numbers. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the numbers here, and I'm kind of surprised that oh, it's fine uh, that the Ducks aren't. In the top five, actually, for giveaways. In, oh, like, yeah, I know. Season. I'm kind of surprised, it's actually. Yeah, it's uh, hard to give the puck away when you don't have the puck, though. That's true. That is true. Uh, the Ducks are 16th in the league for giveaways and 17th for giveaways per 60. Uh, so your average at 7.94. So we're good for about eight biscuits turned over uh, per game. Yeah. And okay, we, so four it, more and the bakery can be open and have a... A uh, dozen per game, yeah. Special. Baker's dozen special, or whatever. Yeah, like we did worse than the top average, or I guess top in terms of worst. Um, the Montreal Canadiens at 10.65 per 60. Yeah, so we did worse than the worst average in this game. I would like to see um, those stats, and maybe this will be something that I could try and put together because now I'm curious is like giveaways per like 60 minutes of possession time so that it takes into account like how long you have the puck and how many giveaways you have when you have the puck. Yeah, that'd be... I don't know. I think that would be like the best way to kind of evaluate those because yeah, like you said, the worst teams for giveaways are the ones that um, don't have the puck. Or sorry, the, the worst teams for giveaways are the one like some generally sometimes the better teams or like the more middle of the road teams because they have the puck more whereas Anaheim, Chicago, Columbus they just don't have the puck so like their giveaways just are a lot lower but. yeah no that's fair yeah. um yeah o- overall i think John Gibson as well was just thrown to the wolves in this oh, yeah. game like absolutely he didn't like, he didn't play outstanding but he didn't play horrible mm-hmm. i guess right yeah um but the thing eight. is though like average goaltending sh- should be enough to make you a, a good team in the nhl like fighting for a wild card spot yeah if you if you're a good team in the nhl average goaltending is all you need to make the playoffs mm. uh, above average goaltending is what wins you stanley cups but average yeah. goaltending is enough to at least give you above a 500 save percentage. So if you're getting average goaltending, which I think for the most part we've gotten from Gibson this season, maybe take out October or whatever. Or I was going to say, when November, you whatever that, it out, it's a little less, but yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll go with so it. Yeah. Since whenever that first period of, oh, Gibson was atrocious in the yeah. early season, take out that since then, which has been, I don't know, two, three months, and I guess he's been injured for a portion of that, but that, 
like he's given us a chance to win every night or you put him on a average team, middle of the road team, we would have probably a 500 save percentage or win percentage, sorry. Yeah. But because we're not <laughs> that no. team, then it's kind of wasted almost when we even get an average effort from Gibson. Yeah. So as we talked about, the Ducks and Gibson gave up three goals in the first period alone yeah. on 12 shots. I I feel like that's normally enough for a mercy pull. You'd think, especially with the back to back coming up, as yeah. we'll talk about later. You'd think, but apparently not. So, um, so let's just keep Gibson in there for an eight forty six safe percentage over the rest of the game, uh, and give up fifteen high danger chances. <laughs> oh man, that is that's a lot. Yeah, and. Uh, this is how you know that it's not like fully on Gibson. Is when you're looking at the goal save above expected, it's only a negative one point one six on six, six goals game. against. Yeah, like, yeah, and fifteen high danger chances against too. Like yeah. those two numbers right there say that there is a bigger problem, and it's yeah. the six or seven guys that we're dressing. Well, actually, no, it's not even that. It's the eighteen other guys that we're dressing. Yeah, and it's now it's it, it's partially on them. And this is going to be the whole wrap-up, I think, of this. Yeah. It's partially on them because as we've seen kind of overall, and we and we were talking about this as well before, just the effort is not overly there anymore, right? Oh, yeah. It's, it's the it's halfway gone. point of the season, and these guys are broken already. Every single duck has April whatever. I, I don't know when the season ends. It's usually early April. Um, yeah. Well, they have whenever. it circled and they're already they planning their vacations. For the yeah, summer. they have it circled on their calendar and the next day they're fucking off to, I was going to say like California, but they're already in California. So, <laughs> I don't know, somewhere warmer? Maybe if you live in California, you go on a vacation to somewhere cold? I don't know. I've, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what goes on. but You're you're off elsewhere, either way. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, the effort is April 13th. Isn't- April 13th is the All last right. day of the season. So I that's, might as well that's circle that everybody's game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the effort's not there, but at the same time, and I'm 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 glad uh Jake Rudolph uh caught this and posted it on Twitter because I thought I caught mm-hmm. it too. Yeah. And I just didn't get it written down in time. Uh he put on Twitter uh, at Reindeer Games91. Uh if I heard that right. Uh, Callahan just attributed Eakins with saying that right now he doesn't care about systems. He cares about effort from his team. <laughs> Are you serious? Like, what? How, how does a coach get away with saying that? <laughs> Is it, Are you sure this wasn't a parody account? Like, there's no way that anybody says that and has a job the next day. Like, what the fuck? Like, it's... This is what I've been talking about, right? Like, I I don't think that there's anything... I I mean, this proves that there's, especially over the last few games, no shits given about systems. Oh, yeah. We've been calling for for about the entire season. Yeah, I mean, at least the the eye test matches up with what he's saying, I guess. Like, yeah, obviously there's no fucking system. At least it's... Honestly... I would prefer there to be no system and we put up these 
fucking atrocious losses than there to be a system and it's just not working. I'm the opposite. <laughs> I would prefer to have a system. I would prefer to be like the Chicago oh, Blackhawks yeah, yeah. where you know that there is nothing there as much talent-wise, mm-hmm. but there's a, at least a system that guys are able to follow that gives them an inkling of a chance. Yeah, don't, right? don't get me wrong. Ladies, I would like a system and, as well. But Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, if you are subscribed to whatever the Bally Sports uh, package is, if you're subscribed to uh, Sportsnet Premium, right, to ESPN in, in Canada, Plus. To, yeah, ESPN Plus, um, if you're a season ticket holder, if you buy tickets to individual Ducks games or that, you are putting money into watching a literal professional beer league team. Because there is no systems whatsoever. Those just got those guys just go out and fly by the seat of their pants, no pun intended. And but like it's not doing anything at all. Yeah. If anything, it's just demoralizing these players even more. Right? Yeah. Because they're ha- they this shows that they are literally having to do it on their own. Yeah. Right? The success of Mace, of Mason McTavish this season. It's his own merit. Adam Henrique picking himself back up after what two seasons ago he got put on waivers. Mm-hmm. It's on his own merit, right? Yeah. John Gibson trying to put up the numbers that he does sometimes is completely on his own merit. Kevin Shattenkirk and John Klingberg looking as brutal as they are. It's about 50 50. <laughs> yeah, it's because they have right? no direction and on how to improve exactly. or like what the exactly. system is. And because they're veterans in the NHL, they've played with systems for their entire careers, presumably. And now they're yeah. coming here and they're like, ah, do whatever. And they're probably like, no, we we need to have some sort of system so that we can coordinate yeah. what's going on as a group. Guys, You can't just say to me, John, Kevin, play defense. Because that means something different to everybody. Like, are we doing zone defense? Are we doing man-on-man defense? Those are those are two drastically different systems. And if Kevin Shattenkirk and John Klingberg are on the ice at the same time, and one is playing zone and the other is playing man-to-man, of course we're going to get blown up seven-one and six-two. Yeah, that like that that doesn't surprise me even a little bit. Now, Carter, I want to take you back really quickly okay. uh, to our good old beer league ball hockey days. All right. Yeah. And we had kind Good of the, the the core people that would play defense, right? It was yeah. you and a few others. And you guys in particular, and myself as the goaltender, we would talk about defense, right? And how we wanted to play it, right? Mm-hmm. Or how and, and how I wanted you guys to play that would, you know, benefit me and in turn benefit the team defensively. Yeah. Right. We talked about that kind of stuff. We didn't have a coach, but we set a structure for ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. All of these guys on this ducks roster. At like throughout their careers, right? Like these, like as, as much as they are playing on a team that is sitting what 30, 30th, 31st right now. Um, like if we're still 31st, I'm gonna be shocked. Let me, I'm just, I'm just pulling it up here. Let's just, let's just make sure. Here. Oh, yeah, sitting 31st. Yeah, with a couple games, uh, with Chicago having a couple games in hand, to be fair, and only yeah, two points and, and two points back. So, as much as this team is sitting 31st in the league. These are still some of the best players in the world, mm-hmm. right? Like this is still like the NHL as a whole is such a small fraction of the number of hockey players in the world, right? Yeah. And throughout probably the majority of their lives, these guys on this roster 
have been at least the top three players on every team that they have played on, mm-hmm. right? Even and the I, Sam Carricks and the yeah. Max Joneses and the Brett Leesons and the, the staples of the bottom six are exactly. still... They would be the best player on any AHL team, and they would demolish any anybody not in the AHL in terms of skill. Exactly. And... But the, the thing for me is that throughout all of these guys' lives, there has been some semblance of structure to their team, mm-hmm. right? There is no structure here whatsoever. I can tell you from coaching an intramural university hockey team that guys who play on like rep teams and whatnot, they like the structure. Right, yeah. like because because it, it got to the point like we like for like for that intramural coaching thing, it was more just a fun thing. But I've coached lacrosse as well, so that like that kind of coaching kind of got into it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I eventually said to like to everybody, I'm just like, you know, if I get too much into it, like just let me know, right? Just 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 let me know because it's for fun, and you're really yeah, exactly. just behind the bench, just just for, having a good time I'm, with my friends. Just for a good time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just having fun with my friends. But they like they said to me, they're like, you know what? No, we actually like when you give us like some coaching stuff and like even just set lines mm-hmm. because it gives us some semblance of structure, right? And that's what we've been used to. Mm-hmm. These ducks have been used to this their entire lives and it's just out the fucking window. Yeah. Like Dallas Eagans is literally standing behind the bench to do absolutely fuck all. And I repeat, I would love to get paid to do absolutely fuck all. Anybody would, especially yeah. the money that Dallas Eakins is probably bringing in as a coach of the Anaheim Ducks. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I, I, in the sense, I am all on board with this no structure or like with just this no, no system, no system, uh, way of thinking. All right, I, I'm, I'm, you know what, I'm for it. If if he gives the best chance, if, if in the if come uh what June, I guess when the draft lottery is, yeah, that the first overall pick goes to the Anaheim Ducks. Great. Actually, no, the draft great. is in June. They usually do the lottery um at some point in oh, the yeah, first right. round, don't they? Or second round of the playoffs? Uh, it, it's early in the playoffs. Oh, okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, so bad. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so that's the other date that people have circled on their calendar. <laughs> yeah. So if if it goes to that, that's fine. But if you're going to talk about you want to see the effort from the team, put in some fucking effort yourself as a coach, please. Yeah. If you ever right? want to coach again in the NHL, right? Th- this guy's not coaching again in the NHL. Yeah, but like even if he's not. Well, yeah, but even if you wanted even if maybe he was like, you know what, I would want to coach again. Well, you know, not even in the NHL. I would just want a coaching job anywhere. You would think he would try and put a system together and show, like, oh, hey, even though this team sucks, I can still get guys to play under a system that is going to work. Not, mm-hmm. not maybe not, like, you know, turn this team into a playoff contender, but at least you're losing with grace. Yeah. And, like... I told the guys to do this, and then look it. They executed it, and we only lost 3-2 or 4-2 rather than 6-2, 7-2. Exactly. Right? That's, that's, that's even just how you get another job at the AHL level or the ECHL level or the yeah. junior level or college. 
But like at this point, literally nobody is going to call Dallas Eakins to offer no. him a coaching job at this point. No, because not only is there not even just, his kids minor hockey team. <laughs> no, because not like not only is there just you know him not doing anything about it, right? Him also just saying even the fact that yeah no like we're we're not like we're we're just not trying to like worry about systems even. Mm-hmm. It shows, I think, a lack of accountability on his part for his contribution to this team. Yeah. Which has been fuck all. Yeah. Right? Like, again, Dallas Eagans is remaining the coach of the Anaheim Ducks for the rest of the season, right? We got 40, no, 39 games left, I think. Right? Uh, we played 43. So, yeah, 39. Yeah. So, 39 games left, people. All right. Let's get through this together. If there is 40, 41, 42, and so on and so forth, games of Dallas Eakins behind the bench of the Anaheim Ducks, meaning that he gets a new contract with this team, mm-hmm. I really start to question Pat Verbeek. Yeah. And I haven't questioned a whole lot of what he's done over the last near year, calendar year that he's been around. Mm-hmm. Right, because it's okay. He's a new guy coming in. He has an idea of what he wants to do. If Dallas Eagans is still behind the bench next season, I question a. I question almost everything off the bat of Pavrubik. Yeah. The so. only way we get a 40th game is if the Ducks sneak into a wild card spot, which <laughs> fat you, fucking chance. What do you need? No system. <laughs> what do you need? Ninety points generally to hit a wild card spot. Maybe ninety-five. Yeah, let's let's say 90. So the Ducks currently have 28 points. So to get 90 on the season, they would and, need and 62, which means 31 wins. They have to win 31 out of 39 games. It's not happening. Which is a 795 points percentage, which is equivalent to... Uh, it well, 833 is the Boston Bruins who are first in the NHL. Second in the NHL is the Carolina Hurricanes at a 709, which absolutely nuts what the Bruins are doing this season. So yeah. we would essentially be have to be playing better than the Carolina Hurricanes and almost as good as the Bruins for the next 39 games to get 90 points, which might put us into a wild card spot. So there's not going to be a 40th game. No, so here I'm gonna take. We're we're gonna. I'm gonna read off every single game here for the rest of the season. All right. Okay. And Carter, if you can grab me a uh, like a sticky notepad or something like that, if you can just write this down for me. Oh yeah, yeah. Just do a little. Uh, do like the ticks for me. Count it off. Okay. Uh, playoff and non-playoff teams. Okay. All right, and I'll, and I'll like I'll I'll read the what the game is and if that team is currently as of January 15th, in the playoffs. Okay. So, okay. Or in a playoff position. Kicking playoffs and non-playoffs. Let me get two columns going here. Loop, loop. Okay. Hit me. All right. Uh, so, first game, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Not in a playoff spot. Oh, really? Oh. However, I, I, I will say they're only one point out with two games in hand on the Islanders. Um, Philadelphia, not in a playoff spot. Uh, Columbus, not in a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. 
Buffalo not in a playoff spot, but I'm not going to be surprised if they do. Just saying. Yeah. Uh, Arizona not in a playoff spot. Colorado not in a playoff spot, but wait for Gabe Landeskog to come back, and like that—that's a hurt team right now, mm-hmm. right? If they get guys back, that team's coming back. Uh, Arizona again not in a playoff spot. Uh, Dallas in a playoff spot. Chicago, not in a playoff spot. Pittsburgh, again, not in a playoff spot. Are you keeping up? Just a double yep. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, you can go faster. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, in a playoff spot. Uh, the Buffalo Sabres, not in a playoff spot. The LA Kings, in a playoff spot. The Florida Panthers, not in a playoff spot. The Tampa Bay Lightning, in a playoff spot. The Washington Capitals in a playoff spot. The Carolina Hurricanes are in. Chicago Blackhawks are not. Um, the Washington Capitals again are in. We have a lot of close games. I'm noticing with East teams, like in terms of like dates between. Oh yeah. Um, the Montreal Canadiens not in a playoff spot. Seattle is in. Vancouver is not. Uh, Calgary is in, uh, Nashville is not the Islanders, uh, are in Columbus is not Vancouver is not Calgary is in Winnipeg is very much in, uh, St. Louis is not Colorado is not Seattle is Edmonton is Calgary. Oh, sorry, is... sorry, just wait. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, you were, you, where did I lose you? Uh, St. Louis. St. Louis? Um, St. Louis is, is not. not. Is and then, not. Okay, and then start from there again. Uh, Colorado is not. Okay. Seattle is. Okay. Edmonton is. Yeah. Calgary is. Yeah. Edmonton again is. Arizona is not. Mm-hmm. Colorado is. Oh, Colorado is? Or sorry, oh, isn't. Isn't, isn't, my bad. Yeah. Uh, Vancouver isn't, mm-hmm. and the Kings are. The Kings are okay. Okay, so what's the balance on that? Uh, so we got uh, five, ten, fifteen, twenty-three. Hmm. I think I accidentally counted one team twice because we add up to forty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it was in the non-playoff ones. So let me take off one there, and then we'll go there. Okay. Now we got thirty-nine. Okay. So we got seventeen against playoff teams. 22 against non-playoff teams, uh, but I did keep a tally of teams that were out, but m- were like still close at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So that's eight. Three uh, of them being Colorado, two being Pittsburgh, one against Buffalo, uh, one against Nashville, and one against St. Louis. So those eight non-playoff teams are fighting and playing like um, the bottom tier of playoff teams. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of that middle of the road one. Uh, yeah, the rest of this season alone, like, yeah, we're we're up against we're up against tough competition, yeah. right? It's not happening this year. And if I don't see one any effort out of Dallas Eakins, but two, a understandable level of effort out of the Anaheim Ducks. Wholesale changes. 
Yeah. For sure. Wholesale changes. Um, I, I will say, just as we were reading those off, we do have a significant number of games upcoming against really, really bad teams like Chicago, Columbus, Philadelphia, um, like just in the next couple weeks, I would say. So, mm-hmm. I mean, hopefully things turn around a little bit. And that also kind of says to me we have we have had a pretty tough schedule so far. Like we've played a lot of good teams in and not just better than us teams, because there's a lot of those, but just good teams already. So, yeah, of course, we're. it's going to look like things are really, really bad. But now things are going to look less bad because hopefully we can put up some decent efforts and get some wins against the bad teams like the Philadelphias. And who else did you say? Oh, Arizona. We have a few games against Vancouver. We have like two or three against. So those ones, hopefully... Even if they're not l- wins, they're also not embarrassing losses. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm, taking, I'm taking a look at uh, Cap Friendly right now as well. Um, yeah. The back end is where there's a lot of UFAs. Mm-hmm. John Klingberg better be gone before the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, yeah. sweet, we filled out a roster spot for $7 million this year. Mm-hmm. That That's not that's what it. you're that's trying it. to do. Yeah. Um, Kevin Shattenkirk, as much as he was fun, as much as he was fun earlier in his career, I don't want him anywhere near this team anymore. No, personally, he's, it, he's, it's not a gone. personal thing. Like in the locker room, and that I'm sure he's great. He's just on ice, though. It's not. It's not worth it anymore. It's no. not. Uh, Dmitry Kulikov. I could take him <laughs> or leave him. Like yeah. if we re-sign him to a decent deal, sure. If he walks, sure. Like I, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't have a preference either way. Yeah, just uh, don't uh, add to his uh, mo- his current modified no trade clause, which is an eighteen no trade list. Uh, hmm. If if you are resigning that guy, he's not getting that option. No. Um, and uh, Nathan Bolio, I, I can kind of take or leave as well. He, he's shown a lot of like grit and fight, and he's been able to step in when called upon so um I, I i would prefer personally to resign him but yeah again but low, he, low there's other guys out there like him yeah yeah, yeah. low yeah fuck don't give him three four million but like give him one one and a half somewhere in that range i'm fine with that yeah exactly um jason megna i can he, he's been all right filling out the, the bottom six but He's not a like I'm clamoring for Megna to come back. Um, I don't know. I'm just kind of taking a look of if there's anything else that you can do at the upcoming trade deadline. Actually, we kind of did most of our stuff last season. Honestly, yeah. like really, it's just Klingberg and probably Kulikov. I think he could go. I think a team would be interested in him at 50 percent retained. Like, yeah, um, you just. I know, I'm, I'm looking specifically at two of the four RFAs that we have coming up in Troy Terry and Trevor Zegers. Mm-hmm. Um, and sorry, there's, uh, I guess... There's Drysdale uh, too. Yeah, there's there's one on the injured reserve in Jamie Drysdale. Yep. You need to convince those guys that this team is going to turn around in the next two seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, I have 
I have something I want to ask. Um, it, it might not be worth it for them, right? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna toss it in down here because I, I have a couple extra things I want to get to about the game, and then we'll take a little break. But okay. um, yeah, I, I do want to come back to those guys just very very quickly. So um, yeah, the, la- the one thing I had just to wrap this game up on my end was just um, special teams and penalties. So yeah, we got the one goal on the power play. Zegers' goal in the last few minutes of the game mm-hmm. to put us at one for four. Uh, 25%. I'm fine with that. You know, again, the bar is so low, but yeah. when you put it at 25%, that's good. I mean, ideally, you go two for four because you don't generally get four power plays in a game, uh, but we'll take what unless we can you're, get. Unless you're any team playing against the Anaheim Ducks. Yeah. Except, except for the New Jersey Devils in this game, uh, where they only had two power play opportunities, where they went one for two, which you look at 50%, that's not great, but we're, we also only gave up two power plays, which is good. And I believe one yeah. of them was a um, a shortened one because there was some four-on-four four time as well. Um, oh, yes, there was coincidental minors at the very end of the second. Okay, yeah. so yeah, that was full four-on-four, four, I think. Oh, no, there was also a... Oh no, it was shortened because a couple, like a minute before that, there was Sharon Govich was in the box. So that's confusing. Anyways, so yeah, it's I, I was fine with that all around. Yeah. But yeah, did um, you have anything else just about this game? Yeah, I'm gonna add one more thing here, and oh, I I hate like slamming just on guys in particular, but this episode in particular seems to be Kevin Shattenkirk's. That's what three cross-checking calls maybe in the last five games on him, just off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Why? Why? They've been calling it all season. Use your shoulder, please, Kevin. That's all. Yeah. Throw that's... throw your fucking stick away. Seriously, <laughs> it doesn't do you any good. You can't break out pass for shit this season. You're using it just as a weapon instead. Get rid of it. Yeah. Please. Spare the rest of your team the trauma. Thank you. <laughs> uh, All right. yeah, yeah, he had one against Edmonton, one against, um, what's their nuts, New Jersey. And uh, I'll just go back as far as San Jose, see if he got one there. I feel like he did. Oh, no, he didn't actually. Okay, yeah. But no, co- a couple in the last two games anyways, which doesn't. Look good here. Right, I'll go to the stars too. Since uh, I'm taking three in the here. last five. I think uh, I didn't oh, have no, one there either, but there. No. but still, two in the last two games is unacceptable. So yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, yeah. Let's take a quick break, and we'll, we will hear from my friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Promo code THPN if you want to bet on anything NHL or because it's NFL playoffs. Now is a great time to do that. And Nate has a little bit of news regarding that for you. And we'll see you guys in just a minute here. The NFL playoff action continues. We're one step closer to Super Bowl 57. And for the NFL divisional round, check out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. 
boost your NFL winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. So, what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL Divisional Round and get $200 in free bets instantly. Again, that's promo code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So, um, we, we, we've talked about my, my betting luck before when it comes to the mm-hmm. Anaheim Ducks. Uh, just continuing on with the uh, the DraftKings promotion here a little bit. Um, I texted you the other night and I said, I found the loophole because mm-hmm. whenever I've bet on Anaheim Ducks games, they're typically games that, you know, you're looking at the matchup that team should lose, right? Mm-hmm. And I think I've bet on the Ducks three times this season and all three times they have won, whether in overtime, regulation, whatever, they've won. Yeah. So it's has screwed up. Uh, I like to go with the parlays. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found the loophole and I texted you about it. I just don't bet on the Ducks to lose directly now mm-hmm. is what I'm going to do. So I, I texted you what my parlay was. So I had a two-team parlay. One had a same-game parlay in there. So the same-game parlay was New Jersey versus Anaheim where I bet on... The Devils to score in the first 10 minutes of the game. Which, pretty safe bet. <laughs> exactly. Uh, considering I think going into it, it was a, I want to say it was like a negative 150 were the odds. Oh, yeah. On that happening. So, safe bet. Yeah. Safe bet. <laughs> um, and uh, then I just said that the game's going to end in regulation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the... Added part to that was uh, Edmonton beating San Jose, which they did, what, 7-1, I think? Yeah. So I got my parlay. I only put a dollar down. I made three uh, forty-two back, but uh, I, I think I might have found the loophole on Anaheim Ducks games. Yeah. Just don't bet on them to lose directly. Bet on things yeah. in the game. Just lose on them to suck. <laughs> exactly. Or, or bet on them to suck, not lose Exactly. On them so I'll yeah, have to take go. a look at uh, what's available for... Uh, Anaheim versus Pittsburgh, maybe. Actually, no. Maybe I'm, I'm going to take a look at the Buffalo game, actually. Right oh, yeah. See what, so, see what's going on there. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, you had just brought up before the break about um, the three guys that we need to re-sign in Troy Terry, Trevor Zegers, and Jamie Drysdale. Um, I don't think they walk. And, and I mean, they're RFAs, so at least if they did, we would get picks for them. But they're going to re-sign, I think, because mm-hmm. this is the team that they're with, and they they probably understand that the team is rebuilding, and in a few years, ideally things are looking a lot better and for the team and, and the fan base and the organization mm. as a whole. Um, but if you are those three guys and you look at the cap space that the Ducks have and you say, I can basically name a number and I'm going to get that for as long as I want. If I want, if I'm Trevor Zegers and I want 10, 10 and a half million for the next eight years, I could get that. Same with Troy Terry and Jamie Drysdale. Like they could probably get, maybe not Drysdale because defensemen are paid a little bit less, but they're going to get paid. They're going to get decent numbers and the cap mm-hmm. space is not a problem. But 
Do you look at the last, even say, two years, and then say, okay, let's see what the outlook is and for the next two, three years. It's not like there's a solid plan where you can see, okay, we have these guys in the AHL that are going to come up and be top six mm-hmm. players. and Or we have these guys who are playing at the NHL level, but they're, they're just young, they're rookies, they make mistakes, and they're going to come up and be good. But aside from Mason McTavish, um, who is, we'll, we'll be talking about him in a few years as well, getting fucking paid. Um, yeah. But like, we don't really have like those depth defensemen who it's like, okay, they are going to make mistakes and they're going to figure it out in a couple of years and just be top four studs. Like, we don't really have those guys. Um, so if you're those three guys, this is the, it took me a while to get here, but now here's my question. If you are Troy Terry, Trevor Zegras, and Jamie Drysdale, are you comfortable signing for eight years in Anaheim, or do you want to see what this team looks like in the next few years and give yourself an option to, to get out early without having to ask for and wait for a trade? Do you pull like yeah. the kind of, I guess, Austin Matthews, um, Take a page the, out of his book, and you only sign for what? What was it? Five years? Is that what? He yeah, he for? did five years. But you're seeing a lot more, especially the last couple of years, just because of uh, cap restraints. At the same time, is like the two year bridge deals. Yeah, but with Anaheim not having cap restraints, there's no need for those in Anaheim for those three guys. We can comfortably well, give no, them each tw- ten million. You can give them ten million, but. Are they going to want ten million over, like just for two years? Yeah, right? like that. That's been my worry over the last couple of months. Right, is that they mm-hmm. might just take that bridge deal aspect. Yeah, yeah. Right? So like even even three four years, it's like okay, let's see where this team's at in four years. If they're not looking good, I'm out at the deadline. And if they don't do that, be, then because no one wants to take on the ten million dollar contract for Trevor Zegras or whatever, he's like, I walk at free agency. I, yeah. I don't know exactly what they're walk to UFA is, but, and if Pat Verbeek is smart, which he is, he's not going to sign them up until they are UFAs. You want to do the year before when they're RFAs or you go the full eight. But, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm just wondering how comfortable those three are with signing long-term in Anaheim. Yeah. Now the one guy I'm going to, I'm actually going to tweak your thing. I'm just going to make it two. Because Drysdale is out for the rest of the season, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. presumably. Yeah. Um, so he he'll finish this season with eight games played, right? Just cool. on like about a tenth of the season done. Mm-hmm. So that's a guy that. Now this isn't me doubting him or anything like that, but you just want to make sure that you have what you think you have in him. He's a yeah. guy who might get that one or two year bridge deal just to make sure. Yeah. Right? Just because he missed a full season and you don't know yeah. if he's going to be fully healthy. Like if he comes back next season and his, he bums his shoulder again, that sucks. Like you're, yeah. you, you've already signed him to that eight year deal. So like there's that yeah. question mark. But if you're taking a look at just his numbers last year, 81 games played and he had 32 points, right? As an offensive defenseman who at the time was what, 19? On a 
uh, yeah. shit team. That's yeah. not bad, actually. That's pretty yeah. good. So you oh, can yeah. see like there's there's definitely, and especially with like how he's done in junior and that kind of thing too. Which mind you, it's a lot easier to score. But like he did well scoring in junior, right? Like this is going to be your next offensive defenseman, like your top guy. But we've. Yeah. We saw even in just like the first eight games of this season, his defensive play overall has gotten way better than even the season before, right? Like that's a guy yeah. that has improved consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, that would just be more of a, okay, let's just make sure because we didn't have this season. Um, if you're Troy Terry or Trevor Zegers, though, you know that the – Terry's a guy that I feel like would, and this isn't a slight on character or anything like that. Mm. Terry's a guy that I feel like would stick it out a little bit longer. Zegris is a guy that is, and not to say that nobody else is, all of these guys are. Mm. Zegris is very competitive, mm-hmm. right? This guy thrives on winning, right? Like again, yeah. look look back to his celebration against New Jersey when he scored. Absolutely mm. lifeless because there's no competition there for him, essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's Zegris is the one guy that I'm a little concerned about. Mm-hmm. More more like out of those three, that's the guy I'm the most concerned about personally. Yeah. Um the back end aspect though that you were talking about and kind of the system coming up, you gotta remember we also have Owen Zellweger, who is that's true. Is I probably gonna him. be in the yeah. roster next season, if not in two. Yeah. Right. That's true. Um, that, yeah, that's my bad. I forgot. And uh, him, and Pavel so. Minchikov as well is on his way, mm-hmm. right? And yes, yeah, so those are all, are all guys that um, can be a bit more offensive-minded, I guess, mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah. But if you think about it, overall, the entire league has become a lot more offensive-minded, right? Oh, for sure. And the defensive aspect, especially for younger kids coming up is something that is not learned at the NHL level, but perfected at the NHL level, right? Mm -hmm. Like more so than it has been in years past. Yeah. Right. So it's in a way it's what Gary Bettman has been wanting in that, you know, scoring is going up, right? Mm -hmm. Lead changes are at an all time high this season compared to seasons past. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, but yeah, so the, the defensive aspect of it is with those three alone, Drysdale, uh, Zellweger, and Minchikov, mm-hmm. that'll come. That'll come. And like that area, I'm not worried about. But it's that front end too, where you do have guys currently who are like some, like uh, a Terrier, McTavish, or a Zegris, are in their youth relative to the NHL, right? Yeah. But then you have some guys that you have locked up like Strom and Vetrano who are 29 and 28 respectively, mm-hmm. right? Um, like Strom's contract takes until he's 33. And like, which is, it's not old in the grand scheme of things, but for NHL players, it's not even as old as it used to be anymore. But yeah. um, like still relative though, that's older. Right, and that'll put a guy like Troy Terry at, um, at that time thirty or twenty eight, I think twenty eight, twenty nine, depending. So like right when yep. Strom is now, mm-hmm. um, like the team overall is just a little bit. There's youth injected, but the older guys are older, I guess, in the sense of. Uh, Shattenkirk's the oldest on the roster at 33. 
uh, yeah, how many? Yeah, one, two, three, four. So four guys on the back end are 30 or older. I'm not counting Nathan Bolio on that one. I'm looking at Kev uh, yeah. right now. Okay. And then on the front end, you got Sam Carrick, um, Jacob Silverberg, and Adam Henry, which Silverberg is another guy that I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's going on with him. Yeah. Like, do you try to shop somebody like him or? I mean, I'm you... just not sure. He has an A, so I don't think so. I, at least not this year. Maybe next year when he's in the last year of his deal. But yeah, I don't think you do but that this year. Did Josh Manson not have an A last year? He did. Yeah, but he was also in the last year of his deal. Yeah. So yeah, and um, Silverberg has a ten or sorry a twelve team no trade list, which mm -hmm. uh, doesn't make him immovable. But at five point two five mil and. That's that clause, and then another year of that, and the points that he's put up this year, which has been ten in the last forty-two games, or in the forty-two games he's played. Mm -hmm. um, wh who's but who's looking at that and saying, "I want to trade for Silverberg"? Silverberg has been put into a situation, not entirely of his own, or not not entirely not of his own doing. Yeah. But he has been put into a situation where there's not a whole lot of opportunities for him there. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, this is a guy that was consistently top six yeah. for years, right? Mm -hmm. And it's just not... It's it's not that with this roster as constructed anymore. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it, that might be a case... Um, like fellow teammate right now, Ryan Strom, where it just wasn't working in Edmonton for him. He got put on the Rangers that... Definitely worked for him, and yeah. he just went off again, right? Mind you, a couple of years difference, but mm -hmm. you never know. You might get a couple more. Like a, a team might get a really good season out of Silverberg, and he extends his con as his, uh, his NHL career a little bit farther, right? Yeah, yeah. I just don't think that a team is going to be willing to give what the Ducks will want for Silverberg, um, which I don't even know what that would be, but I, I would imagine that the Ducks would have a higher price tag on him than what teams are even able to pay uh, for someone, even at 50% retained, like Silverberg. But also, I don't think that if you're the Ducks, you even want to trade him, because yes, we traded Manson, who had an A last year, but now like we don't really have like a veteran guy in a leadership role with the team anymore outside of Silverberg. Like, yes, Adam Henrique has been with the team for a while and is a veteran and probably a leader in the dressing room, but, um, and then like Strom, he's a new guy and he could probably lead. Um, but like then besides that, it's all just uh, Fowler. Sorry. I forgot about Fowler. Um, mm. Yeah, then really besides that, you don't have guys that have been around for a while and are like the veteran leaders of the team. So I think just for that intangible, you you just suck it up for Silverberg for the next season. Yeah, um, and, that, and that's totally but, fine. Yeah. So that that's kind of where I would be at with him. If we still had like another veteran guy, like... A Josh Manson, I'd say, okay, then you could get rid of Silverberg, sure. Um, 
But at, right now we have the, the young guys that could come up into that leadership role with a little bit of mentorship from Silverberg. Um, and I think that that is more valuable than what we would get in a trade. So I'm taking a look ahead because I feel like this team is going to get built out of free agency a little bit. Oh, along sure. with like the couple of like high draft picks that the team has right now. Yeah. And we'll get this, uh, this off season, but I'm taking a look and there's a few spicy names mm-hmm. there. Mind you, some of these guys I feel like are going to re-sign with their respective clubs. Yeah, so this isn't really a useful conversation at this point in the season, but... But there's one name that's been floating around quite a bit that it sounds like things have just been rocky in negotiations that, again, there's still time. But the Ducks have money. Mm -hmm. Right? You got to sign Zegris, Terry, Drysdale. But you'll still have money. And you want to inject, like, just not not an old guy, but a guy that's been around long enough that knows, that, like, can be that veteran in the room, I guess. Mm-hmm. The guy doesn't like to be interrupted when uh, he's listening to Barbie Girl for an interview. David Posternock. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah. I, you don't think I'm it's just happening? I'm going to say no, that's not <laughs> no. happening. Yeah. Like, that's, it's, it's a little like hopeful on my part for sure. But I'm looking, I'm going Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, unless they're dealt to the deadline, those guys are remaining Blackhawks for the rest mm-hmm. of their careers, I think. Yeah. Tarasenko, I would have said yes, could be a possibility to just leave San Ho- or uh, St. Louis as a whole, but things have kind of gotten patched there. Um, I'm not 100% sure with Ryan O'Reilly, but he's 32 as well. Um, there's John Klingberg. We're hoping to get rid of him uh, oh. here. Uh, Max Pacioretty, uh 34-year-old, could definitely still be useful, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, ooh, De- Alex Dabrinka could be interesting also. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's... But Ottawa is more yeah. in a position to actually... To re-sign him, and I think he would want to re-sign him. I was just going to say so. spend money now, because yeah. Melnick's not the owner anymore yeah. currently. So. Yeah. Um, Dylan Larkin is another interesting potential. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, there's names out there. Yeah. We, we just have to sell it to them, and I think we also have to lock up the guys that are here as mm-hmm. well. So it's it kind of all has to happen together but it's yeah, yeah it's gonna be interesting anyways so yeah um should we move on to some news get a yeah, sure. little bit of that out of the way okay injury update isaac lindestrom practiced on sunday they were recording this and uh hopefully we'll be back on monday to start the uh road trip here um i would imagine if he's practicing he's at least going to join the team on the road trip and then we'll see yeah. kind of when he plays but monday i guess is Looking optimistic there. So, If you got Isaac Lindstrom sitting on the bench in your fantasy team or on your IR spot, make sure you get him off of there before Monday. <laughs> it's kind of what we're saying, just to, just to see what happens. I'm interested um, to see the, the lineups if uh, Lindstrom is back in. Yeah. So. I think uh, 
yeah, that could be good for Silverberg as well, just to get Lundestrom back because I think yeah, that's true. Some good stuff going there, but we shall see. I suppose. Um, yeah, and then John Klingberg has submitted his uh, 10-team trade list to the Anaheim Ducks ahead of the trade deadline. He had a full no trade going into uh, at, to start the season as of January 1st. Uh, it is now he can be, um, what is it? Yeah, 10-team yeah, ten team trade list. So there's 10 teams that he can go to. And I... I I don't know if I mean if you're John Klingberg, you pick ten teams that have three and a half million dollars in cap space or close to that are pretty much locks for the playoffs and need a offensive defenseman. What those teams are or who those teams are, I don't know if there even is ten of them, but let's take a look here. Current Cap space. Uh, we'll go at everyone say um, say two million in space and under because theoretically there'd be a contract going the other way of a, a depth guy on a smaller hit maybe that would make room for Klingberg or two million and over. You mean two million over? Yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. <laughs> The Vegas Golden Knights, though I don't think we're trading. Actually, no, I shouldn't say that. I was I was going to say we're not trading within the, the the division. But then again, we tried to pull in a legal trade with the Golden Knights for Dodonov last year. So yeah, um, and like we're so far apart, it doesn't even matter. I just don't know. Yeah. If, I don't know if the Golden Knights would need the skills, in air quotes, of <laughs> John Klingberg because um, like they already have a pretty offensively talented back end. So. Yeah, that's true. But if you're Vegas, oh, flashy new thing. Yeah. And Shea Theodore is injured. Do they maybe say, okay, we don't know what Theodore is looking like. Let's trade Theodore for Klingberg. How about this? We'll take your injured guy for John Klingberg. Yeah. That feels fair to me, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't mind Shea Theodore coming back. It would kind of uh, great. just like undo all of the wrongdoings of Bob Murray, it, fe- it would yeah. feel like if Shea Theodore came back, it's like, oh, the world is cleansed. Pat Verbeek has made <laughs> it like Bob Murray wasn't even here. So, oh, uh, Washington has $5 million in space currently. Okay. I, um, I could see that. St. Louis isn't in a playoff spot currently, and I kind of see them missing this year. Um, Columbus isn't in a spot... Another deal with Colorado? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, yeah, mind you, they have they have LTIR though, so uh, yeah, they're yeah they're gonna have some of that added back. Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. Another deal with Boston, but they have some LTIR. They got four million in space right now. Isn't McAvoy uh, it coming on and off IR like a toilet seat lid, Just back and forth? <laughs> Um, I know that's not the right use of that expression. Yeah, uh, we're not talking about the LA Kings. That's not. That's not happening. No. Uh, the Although forty chess move to give John Klingberg to your biggest rival. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Winnipeg Jets potentially, but then again, the Jets mm. like guys more with term. Yeah, and they uh, 
Josh Morrissey has, is having himself a season, so I, I don't think they're really in the market for a, another power play guy slash offense. Well, maybe mm-hmm. depth offensive defenseman. Yeah, I don't know. And then there's the Islanders. Potential. I, I don't know. I, I literally have no thoughts on what the Islanders could ever do. <laughs> like, I, I've, I just have given up. So I'm like, I don't like this. I don't know what is like, I have no insight into uh, Lou Lamorello. <laughs> thank you. Lou Lamorello's mind. Like, what the hell could even be going on? So, um, so I, out of those names that you listed, I think Washington makes the most sense because they have the space. They need just an extra piece to take them one step further, I think, on the back end. Um, and they have the space to do it. So, and they would probably be willing to give up a fourth or a fifth round pick as well. It shouldn't just be a fourth or a fifth. No, it really shouldn't be. Fucking like, Klingberg. <laughs> yeah, that that's the one that makes the most sense to me. Um, and I, I could see him wanting to go to Washington. Yeah, like with his agent saying they have the space, they might be looking for a defenseman. I've called somebody that I know, and yeah, there is the possibility. Oh, holy shit. I just looked at Washington's cat friendly. They have seven defensemen currently on their roster. None of them signed through next Oh season. my god, you're right. Holy shit. Wow. <laughs> that is a that is definitely something they no, need to sorry. figure out. But. John Carlson is the only guy, but he's on LTIR right now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean <laughs> I don't know what's going on with Carlson, how long he's out for, but Hey, here's Klingberg and a chance to sign him for Seven or eight years. Yeah, or... And probably you could do it for cheap because he knows he's not that valuable. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with Klingberg, yeah. but uh, John Klingberg... Or sorry, Carlson, but Klingberg... There's a chance to sign a potential uh, power play quarterback for the next, yeah. let's say, five years even. K- Klingberg is your essentially your John Carlson insurance. Yeah, there you go. So, literally, same first name. 33 years... Is John Klingberg 33? Uh, 30. Okay. A younger John Carlson. So it's it's John. He's in his 30s. And he is a right-handed defenseman. Perfect. If that doesn't happen, come trade deadline, I would be shocked. Slap a shipping label, label on his ass and send him off, Pat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> John... We'll take Alex Klingberg. Ovechkin as a return. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Klingberg starts shopping around for houses in uh, Washington. In Washington. Yeah, that's that one makes the most sense to me. Uh, another option, I don't know what their cap situation is like, but Pittsburgh always seems to be able to pull shit off and is willing to, you know, move whatever to make space. So hard over the last few weeks, though. So that makes me just a little, a little uh, skeptical of them. But kind of as I talked about, like, oh, this was back in September. I guess I'm not I'm not counting out the Pittsburgh Penguins until they are out. And as long as you have Sidney Crosby and Chris Letang and and Evgeny Evgeny Malkin, Malkin. but as as long as you have even just those two, you go all in every single year. Even you could even just say as long as you have Sidney Crosby, you go all in every year at this point. Um, So. Uh, yeah, they have Jeff Petrie out on LTIR. Again, uh, a right-handed D. John Klingberg is the replacement there. Mm-hmm. So, 
Latang's been out for the last few games. Uh, they, have, they have a very young defensive yeah. core, like Brian Dumoulin and uh, Jan Ruda are. Oh, and Chad Ruedel are the oldest. But like, you bring in John Klingberg, you've got the veteran leadership, and you, you sign him long term. You've got um, someone locked up long term as well, so longer term. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so uh, either one of those teams would make sense to me, but. I would imagine they would be on his trade list. John Klingberg. Yeah, probably. Up there, you'd probably also have like Colorado, Tampa Bay, um, Carolina, maybe. Like teams not with cap space, but at least, you know, are willing to go all in. Um, I don't know if you would put. Edmonton or Calgary on there? I don't know how he feels about Canada. But. Those are probably not on the list just due to tax reasons. Yeah. Is my bet. But, I mean, even just as a rental, like I don't know how much of a factor that plays into things. But maybe Seattle? Edmonton does make sense. And, and he has been tied. Yeah, like, he, has been, to go. he has been tied there. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Pierre LeBron, even who had brought up that uh, Klingberg had submitted the ten-team trade, said that uh, the Oilers had discussed Klingberg. So coming up to yeah. the deadline, yeah, I'm surprised at the lack of cap space by um, Seattle, but I feel like they, well, you, I feel like you don't really want to be trading within the division. No, ideally not, but we bring back uh, Kale Flurry. Oh, no, we had, we had his brother, didn't we? I don't know. Yeah, we had Hayden. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that, maybe that one doesn't make as much sense. But anyways, it's been submitted, so we shall see what happens there. Yeah. Okay. Um, before we move on to upcoming games here, Nate, uh, you have taken over the... Uh, BD move of this week. <laughs> now, this one I feel like was a bit of a unintentional, um, kind of embarrassing BDE. Okay. Move, but uh, I'm still calling it a BDE move because it's fucking hilarious. I think. Okay. So earlier this week, uh, the Anaheim Ducks had their Disneyland day, right? Where all the Ducks were there except for Trevor Zegers, people noticed, um, oh. who might have just feel, still been a little ill. Um, yeah, that's fair. Or but, he hates uh, Disney. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so the, the, the Anaheim Ducks and uh, staff were all uh, around on Disneyland that day. It looked like a really fun day uh, from everybody posting their pictures and whatnot on uh, mm -hmm. different social media platforms. But um, th this one from uh, Sav NHL uh, just made me laugh. Uh, she goes, quote, the Ducks aren't good, I said. I turn around. Dallas Eakins is right behind me. And then has a picture in the next, like in the next tweet uh, for the thread of just like, I really wish I was kidding and has Dallas right fucking there. <laughs> <laughs> so as unintentional as, and maybe uh, potentially embarrassing as uh, that was, I still believe that, uh, that it is a, a big energy move. 
uh, by by Sav just to straight up go. The Ducks aren't good in front of uh, in front of Dallas Eakins. So yeah, but would have been even better is just make direct eye contact with Eakins and just say, "That's right, you heard me." Just, no, and just, or, and just no, not break <laughs> eye contact. No, that's where it's uh, Dallas. Um, actually, no. Yeah, hold on a second. Let me let me rephrase this. A really a big energy move would have been just to look at him and go. The Anaheim Ducks are not good because of you. There you go. That, yeah. And then, like, smack the massive turkey leg out of his hand if he had one. <laughs> <laughs> or churro or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Stab and, then just give him, and then just give him, like, like the chest pump thing. Just like, oh, yeah. Like, like, come at me. <laughs> that would have been the ultimate. A big energy move. Uh, from Sav there, so. Yeah, but that's, that's I, I saw that and I just fucking died like laughing and just died inside as well because I'm just like oh there's like the secondhand embarrassment of that too so yeah but I hope yeah, everybody right. had fun at uh, the Anaheim Ducks Disneyland day that would be that'd be fun to go to so. oh for sure yeah get to get to meet some ducks and be at Disneyland like doesn't yeah. get much better than that there's so. a few people pointing out because uh, they did like this artwork on the ground that like when you're at a certain angle like it looks like it's propped up kind of thing like one of those oh, like yeah. uh, illusion kind of things yeah and people noticed that the uh the not a specific player artwork uh was numbered 98 hint hint nudge nudge yeah <laughs> here's who fucking hoping <laughs> yeah <laughs> so but yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Upcoming games. We'll uh, hit those and then we'll get out of here. So on Monday, we have the uh, start of a road trip. We will be heading to Pittsburgh for a yep 4 p.m. Pacific time start because East it's on the East Coast. Um, and then that is the first half of a back-to-back. The second half will be in Philadelphia on the Tuesday. Same time, 4 p.m. Pacific there as well. So... Uh, John Klingberg starts both games. Fuck it. Let's go. <laughs> John... John Gibson? Did you say Klingberg? No, you heard me right. John, John Klingberg is starting in net for both those games. Both games. Okay. <laughs> if, he, if he can't play defense, maybe he can play goal. Fucking force him to stay back in his own end. <laughs> yeah. And then we can trade him to any team that needs a goalie. It's perfect. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins have not been doing well over their last 10 games. They are 2-6-2, two, and two, but my God, they are good at home. 11-5-4 uh, on the Ooh. season. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, yeah, they uh, played a back-to-back on Friday, Saturday against Winnipeg at home and then on the road to Carolina. Uh, those were 4-1 and 2-1 losses respectively. Um, they did beat Arizona and Vancouver as they should have. Um, yeah, the teams they're losing to are all teams that they, should you know, be. probably probably should be losing to, like yeah. Boston, Vegas, um, and the team, and they are beating the teams that they should be. So, except Detroit, they lost to them in overtime. But that was that uh, massive collapse that they were up, like, I think, like four right. nothing or four oh one. yeah, 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 that's right. So, um, so even though they the last ten haven't been good for them, as you said, they're good at home and they're beating the teams that they should be still. So. Uh, although Van- I guess Vancouver almost came back because they were down like five two, yeah, going into the third and made it interesting. So, um, yeah, I don't know. What do you? Uh, I, I, you start John Gibson in this one, I think. Yeah, like, literally. Why wouldn't you? Um, 
and then because yeah. fuck them that's why yeah <laughs> um what do you uh think is gonna happen in this one i'll be nicer i go four two that's very bold and also, uh, fuck what? Jack Hughes for fucking up my prediction. I'm just seeing that now. I had 5-2 against New Jersey losing. Yep. I was 6-2. Fuck you, Jack Hughes. Very, I love you. Close. <laughs> Have we played Pittsburgh already? I thought, I don't know. I guess not on that nope, East Coast road. yet. Nope. Okay. We'll play them again in February. Right. Yeah, we talked about this earlier. Yeah. Um, tell proven otherwise that there is a system. 7-2. Gotta go big. Oh, damn. Yeah. Damn, boys. You think, boy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's going to be a fun time to start this road trip here. So, uh, Philadelphia, they are... are on a fucking tear. What the hell? Yeah. Uh, uh, currently on a three game win streak, though they're about to face Boston. So that might end here. Um, They've won one, are two, seven, three, and oh in their last 10. And they've won seven of their last eight. Losing to only to Toronto at home, six two. They beat New Jersey, LA, Anaheim. Oh, that's that was that one where Urson was like, I specifically hate California. Uh, then they beat Arizona, lost to Toronto, beat Buffalo, yeah. uh, which was Urson's shutout for shutout. Uh, beat Washington twice, and then they faced Boston on Monday before they play Anaheim at eleven. Is there is it a holiday? Tom- Monday in the I States? Have it has no to be. Idea. Why the hell would there For, be an 11 a.m. game on a Monday? I am checking right now. In Boston. U.S. holidays. I guess. January 16th. Uh, oh, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Oh, fuck. Yep. Mason. Yeah. Which is not observed up in Canada here, but no. you know who that is. So, yeah. Okay. That makes sense, I guess, why there would be an 11 a.m. game. Yeah. There. Okay, cool. Um, So, yeah. the. Anyways, Philly plays on the road in Boston. And I I think that's 11 a.m. for us. Oh, yes, 11 a.m. for us. Yeah. One one local time. Yeah. Um, Okay, either way. Still abnormal. So, yeah. yeah, The... I, I, I mean... I don't know who you start if you're Philly. You start Hart or Urson because uh, I think they've both been decent over this last little stretch here. But either way, I don't like the odds of whoever we face on the second half of the back-to-back. So Yeah, I feel like this one you were facing Urson again considering he played us already and beat us 4-1. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think we're seeing them. And, I'm and that one go... would have been 4 nothing too. Yeah, this one's on the Ducks on the second half of a back-to-back. Uh, this one I'm going, f- I'm going five-two on this one for Philly. Yeah, okay. actually five-one. Five-one to two because Erson's just going to say fuck you. Yeah, um, it's hard to say. Like, oh, Philly's on the second half of a back-to-back. Like, so who knows what could happen? Because we're also on the second half of a back-to-back, and their game is earlier in the day. So, and they're only going as far as Boston. So, like, a bit more. What's that a day trip? Yeah, or like, they're probably heading there now. Then they get up, play early, then head home right after the game, and then they're all good. So, um, 
whereas the ducks won't necessarily have as much rest. So, uh, for two, for Philly, right. uh, am I feeling generous? No, not really. <laughs> not for this one. I'll be generous against Columbus uh, when we do Wednesday's episode, but well, depending on how these games go, I guess we'll see. I plan to be generous to Anaheim when we play Columbus. I love looking at the goalie stats here for Philly right now. Carter Hart with a 13, 12, and 6 record, a 291 goals against and a 910 save percentage. Mm-hmm. And you got Arison with a 4010 record, uh, a 230 goals against, and a 924 save percentage with a Ooh. shutout in there. Damn. <laughs> oh boy. Well, this has been an episode. Covered a lot of shit, I feel. Yeah. But. Yeah, that's uh that's this has been an episode. That's a <laughs> yeah, this has been an episode. This has been a season so far. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. We uh we went pretty wild on the Devils game. Got yeah. a little bit into some re-signing, looking ahead to the off season already. Um <laughs> because we're not far from being mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. I, no. I think. Um and then yeah. The upcoming games are not looking promising. Not yet. They will soon, I think. But Yeah, okay. Well, Nate, do you have anything else you want to say? Or can we get out of here? Let's get out of here. Sounds good. All right, if uh, people want to... Hmm, what can we do for this one? If people want to tell you about the lack of system and commiserate with you that Dallas Eakins has put into place for this team, where can they do that at? Uh, you can do that with me on Twitter at Tate Namas, T-A-T-E-N-H-O-M-A-S. Yeah. And uh, if you would like to, I don't know, send me dog photos. More dog photos. More dog photos. You can do that at Carter underscore Potts, P-O-T-T-S Which, underscore 97. Also, 100%, somebody on the Anaheim Ducks like in their organization has to listen to this podcast considering mm-hmm. the fact that we asked for dog photos. And then on Thursday at the Disneyland day, we got a dog photo on the Anaheim Ducks. Yeah. Or on the, the Anaheim Ducks Twitter account. Yeah. Somebody has so, to listen. Yeah. So more, more dog photos, please. More dog anyway, photos. you don't even have to DM yeah. them. Just post them. Uh, you know, you the, Anaheim, also... the Anaheim Ducks need a team dog. Yeah. Actually, no, let's, let's just double down on the meta. The Anaheim Ducks need a team duck. There you go. All right. I want a yeah. team duck. Named dog. Named a duck dog. named dog. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. Let's go with it. <laughs> Why not? Just just embrace the chaos. Uh, <laughs> you can also send dog photos or whatever or duck memes to uh, us both at Quack Report Pod on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we're also on YouTube where we will be live streaming our episode 7 p.m. Pacific times where you can catch that. Twitch as well. Same thing at Quack Report Pod and at HockeyPodNet is the network. We'll see you guys on Wednesday, Thursday and go Ducks go. Yeah.